In a world full of distractions, there is one big question on every dog owner's lips. How do I become more than just the person holding the other end of the leash? We all get dogs of a dream in mind, a vision of the future. And if right now your everyday reality isn't quite that picture you had in mind, you are in the right place. It really doesn't have to be this way. You absolutely can and will be more to your dog than just the person who gets in between them and the world. The key is you need to be more sexy. More sexy than the neighbourhood cats. More sexy than the jogger in the park. More sexy than that half-eaten hamburger they just found on the floor. And yes, even more sexy than the dog across the road. I'm Tom. And I'm Lauren. Together Together we're we're Absolute Absolute Dogs. Dogs. And you're listening to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast. Hello and welcome to the Sexier Than a Squirrel podcast, the podcast that teaches you how to transform your dog-owning struggles into massive strengths. And we're talking about a particular dog-owning struggle today that for sure is a common one. It's for sure a frustrating one. It's for sure one that maybe you didn't anticipate being part of that dog-owning dream. And that is barking, barking, barking. Now, barking, whether it's barking in the car, barking at people, barking at random noises, barking at noises you didn't even know were existing, barking at the postman, Mm -hmm. barking in literally excitement, water, swimming. You know what? Barking very rarely is barking actually really wanted. Mm -hmm. I can think of a couple of situations working with police. I can think of how it would be wanted or maybe sometimes with classic, I get to wind up just before I compete with her. Mm -hmm. But on the whole, I would say barking isn't really that useful uh, in our day to day. And actually it can be very damaging in relationships. I've seen damaging Mm -hmm. neighbor relationships. I've seen damaging... uh, actually damaging household relationships and damaging husband and wife relationships or mother, sister, brother, family lover, all of those sorts of things, right? Like they literally damage relationships. It can even lead to, um, you know, like local authorities needing to get involved. And it can be one where if you find yourself at that point where relationships are damaged, it almost becomes even more urgent. And that urgency can almost create like um, a, a bit of, I guess, I I guess it's almost like inertia and it's like, oh my goodness, I feel so overwhelmed. I don't know where to start. And it's happening in the meantime, right? And and I've had possibly, um, even just at the training centre, possibly 10, 15 people, Tom, who've had just what you said, which is, the local authorities yeah, have been involved oh and goodness. local authorities I, on a weekly if, basis if you with... think about it like it's crazy the the local authorities it's mm-hmm. almost used and i think this is something that it's a little bit um it's a bit threatening mm-hmm. like it's such an easy one and and because dog barking is such a non acceptable thing i was thinking about it because um we actually had a good few years ago now um someone um complain about um even our dogs as in on the center mm-hmm. and if we think about it, actually, it's quite an easy go-to for mm. people, which means for me, I don't ever want it to be something people can come at me with. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not and, something you know, that they can have. That's the bad side. And then the flip side of that is actually 
I kind of I really like it when my neighbours don't realise that I have dogs, <laughs> I right? I, that that or, is or just something. Or if I come something... into your house and you'll say, uh, and I'll say, you'll say, did anyone bark? And I'm yeah. like, no. And you're like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Like, it's, like a, it's a win, isn't it? If you can almost, you can flip it. And it's like, we can gamify it to mean how cool would it be if nobody even could realise that we had dogs because they don't hear a bark. It is often a win if we have a training session where, I don't know, someone interrupted it and the dog didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those are our big wins. And so, yes, we can challenge it in a different way because actually society doesn't approve of dog barking and I think it's worth saying that and I think also society um, can use it as a very quick sort of problem Mm -hmm. and it can be sort of slapped like slapped slapped on you as a label uh, noisy neighbour or all of those things so what can we do about it? Yeah so I guess the the first thing that I think is really useful in this situation is actually let's find out where we're at right let's do a bit of a barking diary because then what we can do is if we log every time our dogs bark throughout the day um, and maybe with that you know what event triggered it if anything that was obvious to you what we can start to do is we implement things is we can start to see progress because this isn't going to be you know we're going to tell you something today that means that tomorrow your dog never barks again that's you know not realistic when there's a level of rehearsal that's been happening instead the way that you can track this and it's important you track it otherwise it can feel like you're not making progress is a 10% reduction, then a 20% reduction, then a 50% reduction in how how often they bark. And imagine that point that you get to when your dog's barking half as much or your dog's barking not at all, right? But the point is, is that there'll be lots of points throughout that where you may have given up because you didn't realize the progress you were making. And this is where having some level of record keeping, even though it sounds really boring, it doesn't need to be stick a piece of paper on the fridge and have, you know, the whole family involved. If the dog barks, you put a little check under that day. And it it just allows you to be reinforced for your efforts that are really paying off, but not necessarily your dog's never barking again. And I think the big thing with barking is that the more they rehearse it, the more they do it, the less they rehearse it, the less that they do it. And it keeps going that direction. So for me, uh, next tip or next thought or next pattern would be interruption is a really powerful tool. Mm -hmm. And so for my dogs, if I do catch them barking uh, and I do spot them sort of kicking, kicking off because they do, they're like, what's this or what's Mm -hmm. that? Or, hey, this is happening. I will interrupt it. Mm -hmm. And my interrupters um, would be anything like, um, or hey, you. Mm-hmm. Come on over this way. Let's let's stop that. Yeah. Or that is none of your business. Or it, hilarious. Liza said to me the other day, um, I asked her if she wanted to do something. She said, absolutely not. And it, the funniest thing is that's often what I say to the dogs. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's often conversational, but it's very much an interrupter. Mm-hmm. And I think where we can interrupt, we don't allow barking to be mm-hmm. something that is um, I suppose, infesting our day, really. Mm-hmm. It's something that we interrupt. Yeah, and, and with that, you know, what are we what would be the goal here? What would be the 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 next step? Is often if you find that your dog's are barking, just change the picture somehow. Because it's not so much about, you know, the it's not so much about trying to punish them. It's in fact it's not about punishing them or telling them off in that situation. It's saying, let's limit rehearsal in this moment as much as possible. And that might be, you know, we just move to a different room, or it might be that we change the setup, or it might be that we direct them onto something that is more appropriate. Because 
it tends to be one bark leads to multiple barks in a situation. I've got a really good example of that, Tom. And I was at the stables the other day. Uh, Dogs are allowed there, which is really, really nice. And I try not to take advantage of that. But I often take Nifty because she's very young and very aware. And so what I tend to do when I take her is I just pop her in the stable and her and Mango will play for a bit. So I tend to pop them in together. Anyway, uh, a couple of little Bedlingtons and the Lurcher came in and they were all running around and barking. And then the Dash Hound came in and that one was barking too. And everyone was very excited. And so Nifty did a woof, woof, because there was a lot of other woofs Mm -hmm. going on. And what I did was I put my hand over the stable door and I just said, hey, hey, that'll do. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Like, I'm here. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Now, interestingly, we then went out and we were going out for a couple of hours. So um, what I said, the the lady that owns the yards was like, no, no, you can leave them there. They'll be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need to worry about them. They are fine. I wouldn't ever leave them in that situation because I know that rehearsal is really important and they are likely to rehearse that in my absence. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's also considering what will they do in my absence as well as what will they do in my presence. Mm -hmm. And so the yard is safe it's well ventilated where we were where they, we pop them back in the trucks um, and we live in the UK and it's very cold most of the time and I can leave the hatch and the side bits open and it's very safe at the yard because it's all um, family owned and so for me that was my solution and they go in a much safer environment and a much less yeah. choice environment. Yeah. And so it's also considering what happens in your absence as well as what happens in your presence, mm-hmm. because obviously that rehearsal makes up your 24 hours a day. And that I think is really important. You know, where they, how they spend their time is really important. And also on a real, that's kind of like on a, a macro level, like big picture level. Okay, we're not going to have them spend time in certain um, places that where that might happen. And also actually on a very small level, where your dog spends time within a room can influence whether they bark. For example, if your dog is looking out of the living room window for a lot of the day, you bet they're going to find things to bark at. Interestingly, this is something that doesn't have to always be the same. So, for Mm -hmm. example, Tokyo, as a young dog, and Easy as young dogs, couldn't spend time against my living room window. Mm -hmm. Tokyo would be stalking everything and Easy would be growling. Mm -hmm. And so neither of them got to spend um, unsupervised time at the window. You just reminded me of it then because I don't think twice about it now. Mm. They they both have access now. It's fine. And that's that's that moment of thinking, what don't I want? I don't want my dog to... um, be barking out of the living room window well what do I want maybe they're not being near the living room window and and that you know that might be a bed that might be at times if they're not supervised they don't have access to the living room a crate a cover a sheet I think the cool thing is here Tom it's funny when we're talking about things like this I forget how far we've come Mm -hmm. and you guys are going to do the same because you're you're following us you're with us you're learning in the same way as us and I've got like I said a young dog right now um she is a pain in the bum in so many ways and yet I then look at where someone like Easy is can be off lead around big events uh we obviously do agility so we compete at very very big events there's a lot of dogs there she's cool around people she's cool around dogs she's cool around open space she's cool being put on lead she's cool being taken off lead she's cool at not barking and lunging and doing any of those things but actually all of those things were in her choices uh that she would make as yeah. a young dog and and she often would make the wrong one mm-hmm. what we did was we limited rehearsal and so if barking at the window is something your dog would like to choose let's not allow them the not even a little bit of that opportunity. They're just not allowed the opportunity, right? Yeah, absolutely. So where your dog spends time in the space is going to be really, really important. Now, the next tip is actually thinking about your dog's bucket, okay? And that bucket is that concept of your dog's going around 
life with holding this bucket, carrying this bucket, and exciting things pay into the bucket, scary things pay into the bucket, and that bucket fills. And sometimes people will say, you know, my dog's got all of these struggles. They're reactive to other dogs. They've got separation anxiety. They're noise phobic. And they put all these labels on their dogs. And the reality is, their bucket's just really full and actually they're just reacting. They're just reacting to the world. They're, they're showing you that their bucket is full. And the first thing that we need to do is think about actually what is the main filler of that bucket? Because as that bucket fills, you bet the barking's going to get more frequent. And this can be challenging to figure out. But I was chatting to someone yesterday and they were, they, they'd come to me with all these diagnoses, right? All these labels, all of these things that they put on their dog. And, you know, this dog was basically just totally covered in labels. And the reality is that it just had a really full bucket. And the reality is... And it's is, just a dog. Yeah. And the reality is that that dog, of, of all those labels... No, it was just a dog that hadn't learned that being left alone was something that was it was fine, right? Something that was good. And in that moment, the owner kind of, I guess, took a bit of a sigh of relief in that she thought she had all of these things that needed fixing, these these diagnoses that needed treating. No, the reality is that her, her dog's bucket was really full because the dog was constantly worried about being left alone. Every time the owner moved, the dog thought, oh my goodness, does this mean I'm going to be left alone? Every time the owner changed to a different room, oh my goodness, does this mean that I'm going to be left alone? Every time the owner put on, I don't know, a coat or just changed her clothes, guess what the dog was thinking? Am I going to be left home alone? And you work on that, all of a sudden the bucket empties, all of a sudden you realize you didn't have all of these diagnoses, you didn't have all these struggles, these behavior problems. This was dog behavior and your dog actually saying, hey, my bucket's quite full because I'm worried about this particular experience that you keep exposing me to. So I guess it's that figuring out with barking, what is that 20% of things that you can work on that's going to get 80% of the results. I also think having the self-discipline, an example for this is I was at a big event all weekend and I decided to leave Nifty at home. Mm -hmm. And the reason I decided to leave Nifty at home was I was quite busy at the big event. Mm -hmm. I had four competing dogs there. It was going to be a really busy one. We were traveling 14 hours on the Friday and 10 hours on the Sunday night and then another five hours yesterday. Mm -hmm. Actually, is that a good experience for her? When you do get to the event, all you're going to get is barking. And you're going to get barking nonstop and you're going to get out and it's going to be a lot of arousal. Now, I'm not saying that's your scenario, but what I am saying is you'll know your scenario. Maybe it's a family do. Maybe it's a little get together. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a barbecue or a wedding or a a pub event or um, a quiz or something like that. And actually, is it right for your dog? Because sometimes I definitely at the weekend, I really wanted to take her. Mm -hmm. However, I knew that was me that wanted to take her more than she needed to go. Mm-hmm. And that actually in that event, probably what would she learn? Lunging, yes, I would imagine. Uh, barking, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, high arousal, absolutely. And these are all the things that Tokyo doesn't really know, but Tokyo didn't spend his first year going to events like that mm-hmm. because we were in COVID actually. So we, we yeah. didn't expose him. And actually he's probably one of the best behaved I've got mm-hmm. at events like that. So what it taught me is that exposure is really important and considering uh being a little bit more selfless when it comes to um, what we're what we're thinking. Actually, yeah. in the past, I'd have gone, yes, let's take her everywhere. Now mm-hmm. I'm much more, is that the right direction? Have I got someone she can stay sensibly with at home? Mm-hmm. Or does she need to come to this? Or does she yeah. need to be involved? Or is she happy for a couple of hours at home? Yeah, absolutely. And so when you start to consider these layers, you start to see the balance just tips that little bit in your favor. You start to see maybe they bark 
1% less the next day. But that 1% actually is huge because that's now tipping the direction into barking less and less each day. And I think with barking, it's one of those where we we easily feel defeated, right? You you get this, I don't know, a barking episode, a reactivity episode, and it's like, oh, this isn't working. It isn't, you know, that isn't the goal. We're tipping the balance. We're day by day improving. 1% improvements every day, they add up pretty quickly, actually. But you've got to stick to it. And this is where having the action plan would be really useful. And this is where actually we've created the action plan for you. Because what we've done is we've boiled down what would be the the key things that you should do. You know, having trained thousands of dogs all over the world, what are the, the, the core consistent things that have taken those dogs from barking, screaming mess to cool, calm and collected and a happy pet? Um, and we put them into a program and it's called the Stop Barking Mini Course. Woo! It's brand new. It's just £27. It's sparkling. It's yeah. actually sparkling. And the exciting thing is if you're part of the training academy, you have it included in your training academy yeah. membership. And if you're not, all you've got to do is head to absolutedogs.me forward slash stop barking and you can find out all about it. And it really is, you know, it, it's so targeted that literally you watch the video lesson, you play the games or implement the strategies with your dog and you start to, you keep filling out that barking diary and you see the 5% and reduction, the 20%, the 50% reduction. It is bespoke barking. Mm -hmm. So if you have a silent dog that is perfectly well behaved, this is not the place for you. Unless you want to learn (laughs) about it, of course. You know what? This is for a dog that barks. So this is very bespoke. £27, like Tom said. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the cool thing about that is you keep it for life. So Mm -hmm. this is your course for life. And when you do take part, you'll also see there's a pretty cool additional in there, but I'm not going to give away that secret. So £27 for life. You get that barking badge. And actually with the barking course, you know what? It really is very 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 yeah. very targeted and it's it's meant for you absolutely so guys this is absolutely something that you can you you can make you can make a change you can do something about it you can transform it if that is what you want to do that was this episode of the sexier than a squirrel podcast we will see you next time it's going to be a good one and remember stay sexy Stop right there, Game Changer. We have something very exciting to tell you about if you struggle with stressful walks right now. So pulling, your dog yanking your arm out of its socket, just basically, it's painful, right? Now, it's a struggle that you want to transform. You want to go from pulling on lead like a train to loose leash walking prince or princess, and we've got a solution for you. It is just £27. It's a mini course that literally is going to be your zero to hero of loose leash walking. Day by day, we're going to be showing you the games and skills and strategies that you are going to need to implement to transform your dog's leash behavior in the next two weeks. This is a complete package. You get to keep it for life. Yes, for life. And it's just £27 to you. Access it anywhere. Keep it for life. No equipment required. And all you've got to do is go to absolutedogs.me forward slash stop pulling. And yes, it is just £27, Game Changers.